Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is episode five of Pop Cannon. I'm Jordan. I'm Robert. I'm Andrew. And I'm Brian. Today, uh, we are uh, talking Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, the, the, next, the next big Marvel movie. And it, is a nice, uh, it was a nice little distraction from the, the horrific, soul-crushing <laughs> end of the, uh, the last Marvel movie we, we, talk, we saw. Yeah, <laughs> that being Infinity War. Yeah. AKA the biggest superhero movie of all time, probably. Yeah. So, uh, opening thoughts. Uh, what was your expectations going into the film? My expectations were for it to be as good as or better than the previous film. Um, I know that's a low bar for some some of some of us here in the podcast, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I it, it definitely exceeded my expectations. It was a really good movie. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Actually, I, I feel like I knew I would enjoy it the same way I enjoy most Marvel movies. Um, but yeah, it, it actually did exceed my expectations. I really, there was a lot of heart in the movie that I enjoyed. And it yeah. was probably the funniest Marvel movie. Wow. Or yeah. at least top three. Top I would, three. I would definitely agree with that. Uh, my expectations were catastrophically low because I did not enjoy <laughs> the first one uh, nearly as much as anyone else did. Um, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, it was, it, like you said, it was very heartfelt. It was legitimately, effortlessly funny. Uh, and there were some really good good moments in it. And I, and I really liked it. I really liked it a lot. Yeah, I'm with Robert as far as the expectations were low. There was a point in the day where I was like, oh, I have to go see Ant-Man later. You know, I, I'm doing things about my day and I'm kind of not really looking forward to it. But once wow. I got there and the opening credits came on, it, it pulled me in. That opening scene was really well done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. The, the Can we just talk real quick? The de-aging tech that they have is yeah. so fucking good yeah and i just and i just read a headline i just read a headline yesterday before the movie that um they're using the same de-aging tech for samuel jackson and i was like "Ooh, i don't know about that and then now again having seen it in action i'm like okay yeah i'm good yeah Yeah. michelle pfeiffer looked like michelle pfeiffer yeah in 1988 (laughs) better better not call her that to her face she'll puff up a face (laughs) Uh, I feel like from now on, they are just going to de-age one person in each Marvel movie going forward. <laughs> like I mean, like even, even if they don't need to, they just they yeah. do it. <laughs> they just pick somebody like, hey, you're going to be young now. It's fine. Well, not Paul Rudd because he doesn't age. <laughs> Dude, I, I just want to say that I we saw it in IMAX and he had his shirt off and I was taken aback by how he had eight abs. He had full grown <laughs> eight abs on his, on his person. And I was like, Paul Rudd is fucking shredded. And, this and he's is, Brian Fantana has abs and I can't get over it. He's 49. Holy shit. The, really? Uh, yeah. He's <laughs> 11 like years he's older than Evangeline Lilly. And they look like they're the same age. Yeah, oh he, he legitimately looks like he's in his thirties. Yeah. Dude, he is no. I mean, for real, for real, he is like seriously, ridiculously charming. Like oh, he's, yeah. I, I, it, I think, I think both of these movies would have been much less 
uh, enjoyable had he not been a part of it. Oh, I can't um, even. Had, if had it he not anybody been, else, if it were anybody else, I don't know that it would even be remotely enjoyable. And yeah. like, uh, like not to not to skip too far ahead into the film, but when when he's uh, working on the computer with them and he's being super gentle <laughs> kind. Oh yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that part specifically. That was such a great scene. <laughs> that part specifically for me, the tonal change in his attitude and the way he spoke Holy and his shit. movements, totally different person, but it's the same actor. It's it's fantastic. He did a great job immediately relaying the fact that it wasn't Scott Lang. Yeah. Um, I just want to go back to real quick to like the general, uh, so like the humor, um, I thought, I thought it was really funny and I think it's one of the funnier Marvel films. Um, I think that looking at the first film and how the comedy has held up or has not, I think there's going to be jokes in this that were funny in the theater and that aren't going to be as funny in the, uh, in repeat viewings. Um, there were some jokes that are still going to be funny no matter what I broke hard for, um, the the joke right at the beginning where the FBI agent is trying to explain to Cassie. Um, oh my god! Yeah, oh, yeah. In term, in in a term that she would be that she would understand at the very beginning, and then going hard into the legal ramifications. Like, Dude, uh, that was Rand fucking great. I, Randall Park is so fucking. Funny. Yeah, he's great. I yeah. lost. Yeah, he's. It. I lost it. John Krasinski yeah. was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey. Right, sorry, yeah. forgot about that. Good on you for being uh, <laughs> culturally blind. <laughs> Dude, he was, he was, Randall Park was definitely a bright spot in that because of just how earnestly he was the stupidest smart guy. Yeah. Uh, that was cool. He was and really good. He did not, he did not curse. He was like, well, that's a bull of malarkey. Yeah. Oh yeah, the whole time when he was just like, oh, son of a gun or something like that. He would, he would apologize yeah. for busting the door down every time. It's like, hey, I'm really sorry. You just gotta and check to see if you're still here. Hey, hey, do you do you want to go to dinner? Yeah, oh, that, Jesus Christ! Awesome. And then the uh, the, the the magic. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, close up magic. I love it. That was great. Uh, <laughs> hey, Jimmy can you not? <laughs> Jimmy Woo is actually uh, he's one of the oldest Marvel characters because he was around from uh, Atlas oh, Comics in the fifties. That's good. I love when I love when Marvel like transitions random characters from their universe and like puts them in the film because he could have just been like a random FBI guy, but they actually pulled the character from their from their library. Yeah. R.I.P. Steve Ditko. Yes. Oh yeah, that's another thing. Holy shit. Yeah. The man was a legend, but uh, you know he had a. A good long ninety years of being a legend. Yeah, dude. Yeah. As Kevin Smith often says about people who recently pass away, huge bucket of win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, Ant Man and the Wasp. So we start off. It's what nineteen eighty eight, nineteen eighty seven. Uh, with wow. something like that, with uh, Janet Van Dyne and Hank Pym going on a business trip, and that. You can't. I don't know why I'm doing. I'm doing the finger quotes. This is a, but I mean, it technically it technically was a business trip. That that's what they did. That that was their job. Ryan, it was a business trip. Are are you doing air quotes? I, I can't see you. Yes. I I still felt I felt the air quotes. So. 
I felt the wind of them. It was perfect. But yeah, then we, <laughs> then we get um, actually the first time on screen seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp. As Ant-Man it, and the Wasp. Yeah. Like the original OG Ant-Man and Wasp. Yeah. And, and, and Hank wasn't slapping her around this time, which was nice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It had to be brought up. <laughs> Marvel has no memory of that. <laughs> yeah. It was the 80s. Everybody was hitting everybody. Or is it the 70s? So so she goes subatomic and disarms the missile, saves the saves the world. Saves millions. And uh, Hank Pym has to break it to his daughter that her mother is gone. And that and, was uh, that was a really emotionally gripping scene. Yeah, they no words yeah. or anything. They, he just walks in and looks at her. Yeah. Yeah. The cuts on his face. It told a it told a really oh. great story. And that was some some A class acting. Yeah. So maybe Marvel is saying that before the mission, Janet hit him. Mm. Oh. Turn the little... No. No, that's that's not what they're saying. Sorry. Oh, okay. You you just said it so convincingly. Um, whoever whoever again, you know, Marvel's casting is just is always spot on. But uh, they got whoever they got to get the the child actors for these movies because the the girl who plays Cassie is great. Yeah. Oh yeah. And whoever they got. Whoever they got to play a young hope, she was also great. Yeah, yeah. the girl that plays Cassie is she was phenomenal. And oh I yeah, I remember her from the first yeah. one being very good, but she was so yeah. good throughout in this. Like, I was yeah, really absolutely. blown away that how great she was and how effortless her and Paul Rudd had that. They had a really great chemistry for him having to act with like a ten year old. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's believable yeah, you, that there is a father daughter relationship there. Yeah, you, you forget that between these sequels, there there's you know years and years, and this was three years, and so she's absolutely you know grown up in that time, and she's a much more oh yeah family. definitely yeah she was she was pretty great. And he had two years house arrest, in which time he was able to build that really elaborate ramp system. Everything. And awesome. Dude, I love that so yeah. much. Because that looks like every kid's dream. Mm. Oh, yeah. I liked it. But it, it like, I was like, this isn't realistic. Come on. <laughs> like, immediately, I was, like, pulled out of it. Um, I, I, at first, I had a little bit of that. I was like, what, what the fuck is going on? And then, I, and then as soon as he, as they crash, and his, his foot goes through the fence, and you see the angle, but I'm like, oh, that's fucking right. He's on house arrest. Yep. I fucking for, forgot. For breaking the Sokovia cords. And then all of that made sense. That absolutely, I was pulled right back into. It. I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense." That he would have not only the willpower to do so, but the time. Yes, very much the time. And he and then he explained, you know, you try entertaining a ten-year-old, you know, right. on house arrest. Like it's it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, we can't go anywhere. Yeah. We can't take you anywhere to distract you with anything. Huh. <laughs> yeah, and then we find out that he uh, he got Hope and Hank in trouble with the FBI yeah. because he broke the Sokovia Accords because he helped Cap in Civil War. Using using the PIMTech. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. he went giant. A, I, thought, time. I, I thought that was great. 
I thought that was, I mean, it was just him using the suit at all meant that that was, uh, you know, that he got them in trouble. But I just thought that was something that I don't think anyone thought of when we were watching Civil War. But it absolutely makes sense that there were consequences uh, for them as well. Right. So I just, I, I was really take. I was like, okay, this, this is a good way to keep him separated from everybody else, explaining why he wasn't mm-hmm. part of Infinity War. It, it was a really good, really good, simple, smart way to tie the two things together with keeping them separate. Very, very smart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Plus, yeah, I was out there with Cap. Cap? Captain mm-hmm. America. He's my... He's nice. What anyway? <laughs> he's, that's, he was nice. That's, that's what we call him. Yeah, that's what we call him. Yeah, <laughs> he was. He was <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, um, I loved. I loved Michael Douglas and the way that he would like deliver his lines and interrupt a moment between Scott and yeah. Hope. Yeah. If you're done daydreaming about my daughter, can we go do this? <laughs> so, what was your? I know we're kind of going through, you know, scene by scene, but what was your favorite? sequence overall shit there were some excellent action sequences throughout the entire movie yeah that that um i was really pleased with the 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 pace of the film there was very very little downtime um which you know sometimes can be a detriment but i thought the movie moved really well and that that's a lot has a lot to do with the action uh set pieces um wow i don't know i have to think on that for a second someone else want to go I really like the whole first fight with when uh, Hope was going to get the piece for oh, the, when they're trying to build the quantum tunnel. Yeah, yeah. So they need to meet up with a guy named Sonny Birch, who I think was like a minor Iron Man villain, which is another cool thing they just oh, pulled from nice. the comics, you know? Nice. Um, but she has to go buy this black market tech from this guy. So she and goes the, in the, there and yeah. he's a he's being a fucking dickhole about the whole thing you know to paraphrase he's being well, God. God. <laughs> yeah, he's being, yeah so he's like oh well, i'm keeping your money and blah 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 blah, blah and get out of here and, you know i want your lab whatever and then all of a sudden his dudes just start flying all over the room and then it cuts to we see the first time uh, the wasp in action and she's just kicking the shit out of everyone and it was so well done the whole scene, and they're shooting up at the sh- they're shooting at a chandelier. He yells at them, uh, "Leave my chandelier alone!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was great. yeah. That scene was that scene was super effective in establishing what she's able to do, and and uh, Scott Lang, as if he's the viewer, asks uh, Hank Pym like blasters and wings. Like <laughs> you couldn't give me that, and he's like, "Oh, I could have." <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, I don't trust you with them. Yeah. So no. <laughs> just the the low key simmering disdain that Pim has for 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 Lang that that actually does bubble up um, every every yeah. once in a while. It's so great. Hey, can but, I have um, an Altoid? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he keeps smacking his hand. Well, it's a good thing that he didn't give him an Altoid, right? Yeah. Of course, yeah. of course. Um, that kitchen scene that yeah that was that was fucking great. Yeah. Her yeah. running along the knives and dodging the tomato debris, and the, the <laughs> mallet coming down. Yeah, the, yeah the the meat um, the meat tenderizer I think that was used. God yeah. damn, like just all of that was fucking great. Um, and then we get our first, I don't know I we get our first view of Ghost yeah. Ava. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. Which was a cool fight. I'm just, I'm glad that we got a Marvel movie where the heroes weren't just fighting the evil version of themselves. Like it was, right. a, it was a villain with a different power, which was yeah. refreshing to see. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's always yeah. that every, yeah. every hero's main villain is someone whose powers are exactly the same as theirs. Yeah, so we actually, it was, you could see different strategies employed and all that kind of, all that. It was, it was yeah. very refreshing to see that. And and I really uh, I loved the way that they visually made Ava, how she'd yeah. be moving, and you'd see the different projections yeah. and the phasing. I loved it. I, I would I, I think my favorite scene or sequence would be the the chase um, through the streets of San Francisco that ends down at Fisherman's Wharf. Yeah, that is then capped off by. Um, the fight between Ant-Man, Wasp, and, um, and Ghost uh, within the lab. Because um, I thought I thought that whole chase sequence was done really well. And then that fight, I like the, the, the way that Ant-Man and Wasp fight together against her. I thought, I just thought that was so, that was done really well. Yeah. I was just, I was in that. And it, I was in that fight. And it logically, like, you need the two of them together to fight her. Which yeah. helps yeah. for the rest of the movie to explain why they have to be together. Because alone, yeah. they're good, but together, they're nearly unstoppable. And I think that was the point that they were trying to make, and I think they did it really well. Dude, when he goes when he goes bigger than he went in Germany, yeah, <laughs> along alongside that ferry, <laughs> that was great. His, he was like 80 feet or yeah, something? His eyes are huge. He's just like, yeah. hey... <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a whale. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was right. Tim Heidecker calling out. Oh, oh we, yeah. we have a brief. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, he even gave them his feet in that position. Yeah. That looked like a whale. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, good. Lord. Um, I think my favorite scene was when they were going through Ava's backstory. And, oh wow! And okay. we saw her parents, and how she ran back into the room, and then the quantum thing exploded, and then the, the, and the, then, the and then we were going through like seeing how Shield picked her up and made her like Hydra. Yeah, essentially, yeah. I thought that was really effective. Yeah, that that was that was rough. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I did not I did not see that coming for her backstory. Yeah. That that was definitely. I guess this is as good a time as any to say that I thought the villain sucked and I really didn't care about her at all. I, I wanted more from her, you know? Because yeah. she was a cool villain and she had cool powers and all, but I just feel like they didn't flesh her out well enough. Yeah, even I with more time devoted to her. Even with the, the, the explanation of her backstory, I just didn't care enough about her. And it didn't seem like anybody else really cared about her either. So, so I don't think they they sucked. I, I think they were probably some of the weaker villains that the MCU has produced. Yeah. Um, that did that didn't really matter. Um, no. And, and it shows that the, and it and it shows that it didn't matter because of how they they cover that. Like that backstory, while while you know I thought it was you know definitely somewhat moving, it was put into the middle of the movie um, after you've already seen her in a couple scenes. And to, to me, it felt like it was kind of a throwaway. Um, 
if you really wanted that to have impact, I think that like that you should have shown that at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like if you really if you really want a ghost to be a very impactful villain, you would have had her backstory as a flashback right at the beginning. Um, so you know, it's clear that they didn't care so much about making her a, a really serious villain. Um, I, again, I don't think they sucked, but I don't think the, the, the in this movie the villains weren't the point. No. Um, yeah. I really, I really, I will say though, I really enjoyed the character that Lawrence Fishburne played. Um, yeah. Oh. I Bill like Foster. that. It was yeah. it was almost it was almost like a it was almost like a twist where he was like behind her, but he wasn't behind her all the way. He was just trying uh, to help agree her with his... doing things a certain way that a villain would. So I really liked right. that he was at least on the gray side of bad and good. I liked that a lot. Uh, but she, to me, just was a thing that had to be overcome. She wasn't necessarily like the thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I agree, was... I agree with the fact that he was like on the gray and everything and how that was a good choice to go. Yeah. Um, but I understood her motivations as a character. Like, I thought that was I think it was well fleshed out. Um, I, I agree with the fact that she didn't get enough screen time and enough focus was put on her. But like they said, uh the even the actors have said like they don't think that they had a villain for the movie they said they had a couple adversaries yeah and, and i totally, right. yeah. i i see what they meant by that right so had they not had walter goggins character and they focused solely on her and lawrence fishburne technically i would have been okay with that but i didn't right. like what we got yeah, absolutely. There was a, there was I'm a really hoping... push pull about everything. There was a there was a push pull to everything where it was like three or four different groups trying to do one thing, and that made it interesting, as opposed to like we have to beat the bad guy and we win. Right. Well, the the, the whole point of the movie is they're trying to get Janet right, back. Right. That's the that's the whole core tenant. And while that's going on, it's also a, a reverse heist where instead of Instead of you know Scott and Hank and Hope trying to get into something, they're trying to prevent others from taking what they have. Yeah, that that's really the core tenet of the movie. So the the villains and whatever their plans are are almost irrelevant. I just like that the MacGuffin of the film was an entire building <laughs> with, with a with a suitcase handle yeah. on it. How great was it? That was so fucking great. How great was it when they were in the woods and they walk out of the building and then they shrink it down and you just see all of the police officers? Oh yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, that was great. That was good. <laughs> Rob, what was your favorite scene? It's probably. I mean, it's probably just the 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 action scenes that they had. I really enjoyed um, because the, those were the most effective. There's the most effective way that they've used that that power and that technology so far, in my opinion. So I really like those. Yeah. I'm not going to pick one or the other because they kind of they're similar and they kind of strung together, which was a good thing. So I liked I liked when yeah. they were when they were fighting. I liked the the chase scene that you said. I liked all of it. I liked all of it. Yeah. Real quick, I just want to touch on the uh, right before that chase scene where Scott was being. Uh, he was like running through the the building, and Ghost was chasing him. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah! Right. They had that little back and forth that fight 
when she's just he, kicking the shit out of direction. That was great. He he was the magic trick. Yeah. 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 Rule number one in online close up magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like when they kept Jimmy Woo at the one point when the guy walked yeah. in the office and was like, God, can you knock? And he's sitting there trying to learn the card tricks. <laughs> but uh so after the whole thing with uh with Sonny Birch, right? Is that uh, they're trying to figure out a way to track the lab or what? Because Ghost had stolen the lab, right? Yeah, yeah. Ghost, Ghost, uh, Ghost not only stole the piece that sh- that Hope was there to get. She went into the van and put her hand through Hank's fucking neck, yeah. um, and then and then took the goddamn lab. But that uh, was cool. That was a nice uh, use of her powers. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm not sure I would. I'm, I'm not sure I feel too good about that either. Yeah. And uh, that's when they go and meet uh, Pim's estranged former partner, Bill Foster, also known as Goliath from the comics. Yeah, I, and, and I'm really, I'm really hoping that now that they've introduced him and he didn't get to do anything um, size changing wise in this movie, that in the third Ant Man, that he'll be Goliath. Right. I read somewhere that that'd be great. Uh, that. Paul Rudd said that there probably won't be a third one. Really? For a standalone. I I read that as well. And I I, I don't know. I, I think that's um I don't know. I, I think when I read the whole the whole quote, it I it came off more to me like he can't believe that that these are successful at all. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like um, and I think that's more of him. That's more of his self-deprecating thing. Like you know, like it's a movie starring me. How are how are people going to see these? Um, that's what it came off to me. Now I I don't know. I I think that I think there's going to be a third one. If if you asked me after the first one if I thought there should be three of them, I would have told you no. But if you're asking me after this one if I think there should be a third one, I'll tell you yes. I I, right. I would like to see a third one. Just throw some more enemies in there. Yeah, me too. Make them count um, this time. Yeah. Oh, also, Ghost, her father, I believe, was Egghead. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, that was like a nod to it, yeah. Eli- Elias Starr, was that it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, that was Egghead. For a second, I thought she said Elias Stark, and I was like, wait, there's another Stark? Yeah. <laughs> there's evil. always one Stark in Winterfell. Yeah. God damn it. I don't get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Robert, Robert made a good point uh, to me right after the movie. I think Brian, you were there too, where he said, "No, no, I wasn't." There was there weren't too many hands in the pot, and it didn't feel like three different ideas. No, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was no, look, one yeah. story-driven yeah. thing, one complete thought. Right. Uh, look, the, the original Ant Man is is the most disjointed of the Marvel films because you know it, the, of its troubled production with Edgar Wright and then um, Peyton Reed, Adam McKay, like just it. it, it yeah, I think Will Ferrell was involved yeah. with it at some point as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, so that it, it, it was like three different movies. Um, I mean, I, I I love it regardless because uh, it they pulled it off. Um, but yeah, no, it, it absolutely has like you can see the definite smash cuts to the, the new, the new footage and the stuff they shoehorned in to make it, you know, part of the, the MCU, you know, and this, and this, and Rob, like you said, this feels like an actual, like whole actual movie. Yeah. It's a complete thought from start to finish. 
Yeah. And even if yeah. they and even if they decide to not make a third one, I think that they completed his personal story in a way that even if he's just a, a Hulk character where they have him in the crossovers or as an assistant character to a, a regular standalone film, I think it'll be just as effective. Because I think that they finished the personal story for him in a way that they don't really have to touch it anymore. Right, right. I agree with that. Uh, sorry if, if you were if you were done with that. I was, I was. Uh, one of the uh, one of my favorite scenes. I totally forgot when they go when they have to go find the old Ant Man costume that uh, Scott Lang supposedly oh, destroyed. <laughs> when he came, he's like, "Oh, well, he destroyed it." Holy and he's like, "Oh, you didn't destroy yeah. it." So they have to go find it so they can use something on the belt to find the lab. Right. Yeah, a, dereg- a deregulator. Yeah. And it is within the world's greatest grandma trophy that <laughs> Scott Lang's daughter had given him. That's a, that was a great running joke. Yeah. Which she it. took it to school for show and tell. So like they have to break into an elementary school to, to take it. And then the teacher's just like, hey. <laughs> and he stops. He just gives up. And then he runs away, yeah. and the teacher's just like, uh. "It's the most the most public school moment I've ever seen in a film." <laughs> Holy shit! But uh, the, the whole the thing in the scene is when you find out that Scott Lang, his new suit, is still working the kinks out of it. Yeah. And so he grows oh, real God, huge, yeah. and then shrinks down to what like two feet tall. He, yeah, he looks, he, he looks puts, like a four year old. He puts on that big sweater. <laughs> And he's flapping his arms while he's running. <laughs> oh my god! As he was making his way down the stairs outside, that fucking broke me. That god broke fucking me. damn it! Yeah, and they did. And then trying, and she's and then trying to, to get into the seat of the van. Oh yeah, and she's flying yeah, next no, to him. He's running down the stairs as fast as he could, and naturally, there's like fifty fucking stairs. <laughs> completely out of breath when he gets in the car, and then Hank is like. Do you want a juice box? Do you want a string cheese? And, and some string cheese. And then the best. Wait, do you actually have that? Yeah, the best was his reaction was, "Do we actually have that?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I broke hard for that when he's trying to jump up and reach the backpack. Oh yeah. And she she is uh, Hope is right there next to him as the minuscule uh, wasp going like. Come on, you can do it. You're almost there. You fucking oh, you troll. Oh, that was good. That fucking scene was really good. Yeah. yeah. Just the way yeah. he's when he stopped in the hallway and he starts running and he's flapping his arms all over the place. <laughs> fucking hilarious. I wish he wasn't as small as he was, but I understand right, right, right. it. Yeah. It was so if if only so Cap cool. could see you now. <laughs> When nice. when uh, he grows really big in the closet, yeah, 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 the janitor's closet. That was great. Yeah, that that just the, all of that, all of that, uh, that growing and shrinking uh, special effects. They, they those were just fucking great. Yeah, because yeah. the perspective change from him being huge and her looking up at him and climbing onto his stomach to hit the buttons on the belt, and then he shrinks down really small, and then he's looking up at her, and it's over the shoulder down at him. Yeah, like it was such a, a, a an awesome way to 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 do that. I love it. Looks fantastic. Also, right. did you guys notice in in uh, Hank's lab there were two giant Duracell batteries that were powering it? Oh fuck! No, I didn't. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, yeah they were oh, two like giant double A batteries. 
So he just bought regular AA batteries <laughs> and made them really big. Yeah. And that's all the power he needs. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. Oh, God damn it. That's fucking great. And then, yeah. you know, and then we're, when we're in his lab, we find out that he's got all of the ants, like, doing the, the actual labor. Oh, yeah. Which is, yeah, oh, that, which is that awesome. Cool. Um, so I guess, I guess we could go to the quantum realm now if you want. If you want to quantum talk about the quantum realm, well, before, when they get in the quantum well, before and they go down we, to the quantum realm through the quantum tunnel. Do you guys just say quantum in front of words? <laughs> that, was such a, that was a great line too. Uh, before well, we cause... before we touch on that, there was a scene where right at the beginning of the movie where Scott is taking a bath and then he closes his eyes and all of a sudden has a weird, oh, yeah. trippy first person view of of the dresser. And the little girl inside. I thought that was great. They're playing hide and seek. There's not a little uh, girl stored inside of a dresser. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Have, have, have we not all had the dream where we're uh, pre- pretending to be Michelle Pfeiffer? I'm sorry. <laughs> like, is that not normal? Vance I'll Joy probably has. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but anyway. Uh, so, so we get that and we have established that Scott has a link to Michelle Pfeiffer's character. They became quantumly entangled with each other. <laughs> and we learn we learn after he meets up with Hope and Hank that at that moment, Hope and Hank had briefly, for like just a split second, opened up the quantum realm through their quantum tunnel quantumly. Yeah, and after quantum. the movie I had a quantum burger. <laughs> and then I shaved my face with a quantum <laughs> Shit quantum. <laughs> and then I this watched a brought to you by Shit Quantum. And then I watched a James Bond movie, Quantum of Solace. <laughs> you really can just put quantum in front of anything, can't you? It sounds very quantum. smart. Yeah. It's our quantum podcast. Quantum, quantum. canon. Quantum. Quantum. <laughs> I forgot all about when uh when Scott's daughter kept trying to call him. Oh, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> when Bill Foster is trying to have this huge like speech about what we're going to do and all this. He was monologuing. Yeah. The the fucking (laughs) the fucking ringtone. It was a quack. (laughs) Oh my god. Could you just FaceTime her, please? Could I? She's she's face messaging me. Can we please? I'm sorry. She said 911. It's an emergency. She can't find her (laughs) soccer cleats. It's such like a 10 year old like emergency. Yeah. Yes. Well, that and it's like uh, he's such a good dad, you know, that he's like in the face of all this danger, you're all gonna kill me. But my daughter said nine one one; it's an emergency. Okay. Yeah. And then right. after after the fact, he's like, <laughs> after the fact, he's like, it said nine one one. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> he's such a nice guy yeah. that even to his captors, he's basically apologizing. Hank <laughs> <laughs> fakes a heart attack. <laughs> and uh, the pills are the pills are supposedly in the Altoid can that we saw earlier, and uh, it's revealed to be full of ants. Yep, giant horrifying ants. <laughs> so great. Bill, you, one, and we learned if we learn nothing else in this movie, it's that Bill Foster does not fuck with giant ants. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, would you? No, absolutely fuck not. No. I would curl up into a ball and die. Bill Foster immediately show, goes belly up. <laughs> Completely gives up. He's like, all right, fuck that. Giant ants, I'm out, son. 
<laughs> oh, but guys, um, we we forgot yeah, about one right. of the best characters in the whole thing, Luis. <laughs> when they give him the truth serum. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh god damn. Oh, god damn. There's no such thing serum. as truth serum. That was really well done. <laughs> that whole. It leads to a, a great running gag throughout the the movie as well. Yeah. Yeah. And to get hit at the end with the guy that used to administer the truth serum, receiving the truth serum, and realizing, oh my god, it's truth serum. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, but even before even before that, we had that scene that we talked about earlier where uh, the connection between Scott and Janet is established again. Yeah. So as they're trying to pinpoint Janet's location, they, they get the quantum tunnel kind of working and they think that it didn't work, but then you realize that, uh, that Scott has been sort of possessed by Janet. That's probably the best way to describe it. <laughs> Because yeah. he he is no longer there, yeah. and Janet is in is uh, is utilizing his physical form to help them right. triangulate her location within the quantum realm. Yeah, she and again, you said it before, powers. but and then and then Hope <laughs> says, Hope says you didn't put you didn't put a memory or something like that in him. You put a an antenna, right? Is that yeah. how she words it? And yeah, then, an antenna. and then Paul Rudd. Sweetly looks at Evangeline Lilly, puts his hand on her cheek, and says, Jelly Bean. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was that was that was a great scene and Paul Rudd pulled that off really well. Yeah. Um, I have to think that I think that there were quite a few takes of that that uh, that Evangeline Lilly and especially uh, Michael Douglas as they're holding hands probably broke quite a few times. That was too funny. It was too funny. That was so great. Um, but yeah, smash cut to the quantum realm. We got to get, cause the quantum realm is like a lot. That's a lot of shit yeah. happens in there. Yeah. There is, there's a great, like the tardigrades. That was fucking awesome. Oh yeah. It's like, yeah. Recalibrating. Recalibrating. By the way, for those who don't know, tardigrades are actually real things. That's not something they invented for right. the movie. Yeah, water bears. Yeah. They're fucking amazing. They can survive in. Nearly every environment didn't didn't uh, like the world them. just discover them as a thing. Not too long ago, Not, yeah, right, and that's why they're in that because it's a very fresh. Oh my god, it's those yeah. things that we saw. Um, yeah. I anyway. know one was like, it's like from ancient Egypt that was just dehydrated and they rehydrated it and it came back to life. Some shit, right? Yeah, yeah, and then anyway. Hank, and then uh, Hank, it, the the machine starts working again. And ostensibly, he just blows right through the tardigrade, like yeah, <laughs> on his. I on mean, never-ending quest yeah. to get smaller and smaller and smaller to find her. Yes and no. Yes, but that was the the colors in that. Sequence, oh my god! The, I mean, everything. Like there was the, yeah. the kaleidoscope part where you see him come through the top of the screen, and then it like as he goes through the bottom, everything moves with it. And it like yeah folds in crystallize and diamond and it looks like diamonds and it and it folds in on itself. That was awesome. Trippy as so, shit since Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah. didn't we see part of it in Doctor Strange? I believe so. I was looking for a space the whole time. <laughs> um, I mean, and they did that in the, they did that in the first film when Scott went subatomic. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. I think it was pretty much the same progression, but it was 
just as as great to see again because it's just so fucking yeah. visually stimulating. I think it was. Um, I think it was more detailed this time around. Yeah, from when Scott did it in the first one. But and it, like it took oh, long. Well, absolutely. Time. And he went. He went one step further because Scott only got to the the void. Yep. And in this and in this uh, movie, uh, Hank Pym actually pushed through the void into, I guess, the quantum realm. That's that's the quantum realm yeah. uh, where Janet's been. And it was honestly, I was for some reason I was really analyzing every shot I could because I thought I don't know why I I felt like there's that the quantum realm is going to be more important um, going forward, especially maybe in Avengers four. I don't know that right. I just have a feeling. And I, so I was looking at it and I did notice that the colors in it seem to be six colors, which seem to be the six colors of the infinity stones. I don't know. Really? Maybe really... Huh. Oh, that, I didn't notice that. I noticed a lot of the, just those six colors. Um, all there, all intermingling, but um, and I mean, they're they're the six colors of like you know, oh, there's not six colors in the rainbow, but basically the six major colors. But still, that's you know, if you think back to looking at that, it was extremely colorful. Yeah, um, and it seemed to be those colors. So who knows? We'll see. Maybe there's some sort of tie-in to the to the soul stone with the quantum realm. Yeah, or that, or that, or that when you use all of them at once. Maybe, maybe that's where everybody went. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just I, the whole time I was just looking for eternity again. Yeah. <laughs> like as he was getting smaller. No, and smaller. Andrew, you were looking for the living tribunal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Michelle Pfeiffer was able to develop powers since she was living in the quantum realm for so long, and and because uh, obviously he saves her. And yeah. he gets her out of there. Yeah. Um, and when they come well, out, but 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 before he pulls her out, yeah, his he, mind is she melting. Saves him. Yes. And she's got a full face of makeup on in the quantum realm. Yeah. I <laughs> and a interesting, really show. nice um, show. Yeah, she made a nice poncho. Yeah. She was, yeah, yeah. She had some nice eyeshadow going on. Uh-huh. I think it was cool that she had like a staff that was made from her wings, though. That was pretty cool. Oh, I didn't even realize yep. that that was made from her wings. Yeah, because yeah, really it cool. was like kind of it was kind of like angled at the top. Yeah, and it looked like when, the wing. Yeah, that's that them, cool. that's cool. She's, when she Hanks, had to survive down there for like thirty years. Yeah, yeah. When Hank's uh, when Hank's mind starts to go and he he his mind reverts back to the place he's familiar with, which is his old home. And he sees, you know, he sees Hope and he sees Scott and he sees Bill Foster. And then we see that figure in the hallway with that thing. I don't know why. I thought it was Loki's scepter. It looked, yeah, it looked, really? it looked very similar to it. Very, very similar and to it. Then it got close and you realize, oh, it's got to be her. And then you see, yeah, it, it's made out of her wings. I thought that was really cool. Brian, you'll, you'll find this interesting. Um, he found his constant, which was her. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Lost. God damn it. God damn lost. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, he saves her. They fire back through, back into the lab. Uh, Scott goes a little big and saves Hope. And Ghost gets hit by the quantum ship or whatever it's called. The, the quantum vehicle. 
Yeah. Hank Pym and his amazing quantum car. <laughs> Henry Pym <laughs> and his amazing quantum car. <laughs> He's the bee's knees. <laughs> Step right up and just for a nickel, you can ride too. Yo, why not trade in your suspenders for this? <laughs> so they... <laughs> so they, uh, yeah, they save her and she winds up saving Eva with her powers or whatever. I still don't understand. Yeah, she like that. touched her. She touches her the her temple and her the back of her head and somehow cures the constant phasing that she's going through. With the uh, the healing abilities of the quantum realm. Her quantum healing factor. Yeah. So we so, you know, not to split hairs, but we don't know that they cured it. Um, she no. definitely helped her, and then you know later on we hear you know that they're still trying to help her. She made it hurt so. a lot less. It seemed like yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, let's talk absolutely. about let's talk about. Uh, I really like on. that they didn't. I really like that they didn't kill Ghost because I'm pretty sure she wasn't at least the original Ghost is in the Thunderbolts, right? Oh yeah, no they they. Uh, I don't know if she's in the Thunderbolts or not, but they definitely left that for her to be utilized in some fashion. Yeah. Which is cool because she had really cool powers. So Yeah, absolutely. And an awesome looking costume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't, get to, didn't get to see it a lot. So, so yeah, let's let's talk <laughs> about that that mid credit scene. <sighs> I we I think we all called that, didn't we? Going in, we all knew that was gonna happen. Well I had I said, mean, you know, if they don't if they don't tie that in somehow it's going to be a, a, a loss for me. Yeah. And so I feel like if they didn't do this mid credit scene, I would have not liked the film nearly as much as I did. Cause I would have been like, where does it take place and why does it take place? Yeah. But they anchored it to the mid credit scene happens. The mid credit scene happens right when Thanos snaps his fingers. Right. So there's and... something they have, they have the, tunnel in the back of a, a van and they're sending Scott in to collect quantum energy pretty yeah. much yeah because yeah. I think they called it the quantum healing. healing energy yeah so they're sending him in and hope and Hank and Janet are are manning a computer station apiece to to try to harness the energy so Scott can go in. And Scott goes in, and he collects the energy, and he asks them to pull him out. Five, four, <laughs> three. And there's nobody there to pull him out. Oh, very funny, guys. He Come thinks on. It's a, he thinks it's a joke, and they. We cut back to the outside, and they are no longer there. They have been turned to dust, just as Spider-Man, Black Panther, so on and so on and so on. Um, so they did not survive the snap, but Scott did. But will he survive the quantum realm? And how fucked up of an ending is that? They all disappear <laughs> yeah. and Scott is lost in the quantum realm. That yeah. was a phenomenal ending. Yeah, that was yeah. Oh, great. That was, on that was amazing. The Avengers ending yeah. for me. Absolutely. And then I we get that. Like... And then we get that. Uh, that little that post credit thing where uh, you know Ant Man and the Wasp will return? Question, Question mark. mark? A huge reaction in our theater for that. Yeah. For yeah. A question mark. Huge reaction in our theater for that. 
They were like, yeah. everybody was like, oh. <laughs> I'm wondering if perhaps the quantum realm is beyond the reach of the Infinity Stones. That's one thing I read that was was Scott <clears throat> spared because like just luck of the draw, or is it because he was in the quantum realm? Right. Wow. Because because did Thanos' snap kill microorganisms? Half of them, you know, like we right. don't know the the true ramifications of it yet. We've only seen the immediate aftermath. It, it didn't get that drum that drum playing ant, dude. That yeah. was funny. And people were really <laughs> mad about it. I was. Oh yeah, I know they were. It. I didn't like it, dude. I thought it was. Oh come on! I thought it was. I thought it was good because. It didn't go there first. Like, if it started on the drum playing ant, I would have been right. like, dude, fuck this. But because they showed you the TV's not working, yeah, and it, it was so quiet through his house, and you see uh, that there's dead silence until you hear the thumping of the ant playing uh, the drums, that was super effective to me. So what for me the most effective part of that was that it, the TV was working. It was the emergency, right, uh, the right, EA, right. Yeah. Emergency, yeah. emergency alert system. Like that, that, that for me, that's going to be one of the biggest things about where Avengers Four picks up. I really hope it picks up immediately after. I've heard rumors that there's a time skip. I really hope that's not true. Um, I would love to see the immediate aftermath of of the snap. Right, like, and I think that this the post credit scene was effective in showing you something after the snap mm -hmm. you know yeah. what I mean? and that's why i liked it so much um but yeah i so as for as for what happened in the mid-credit scene um yeah i i felt like you guys like that had to happen there they, 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 they couldn't avoid that that had to happen i did not know it was going to be that bad i thought maybe hank right. hank seemed like the the obvious one to go and then and then come hopefully come back when everything is corrected in avengers 4 um but all three of them, because I was I was pretty sure that Hope Van Dyne that her that the Wasp and Ant Man, Wasp and Ant Man were going to be a part of the Avengers in Avengers Four. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I nope. think I think everybody <laughs> nope. was I think everybody was really surprised that that Wasp did not either Wasp really, but Wasp did not make it through the finger snap. Yeah. And they, and I just can't get over that the last scene when it's just Scott like. Scream like screaming, guys! Yeah, guys, and then it cuts out. Yeah, holy shit, man! Uh, one thing I just want to say real quick before the overall thoughts was <clears throat> the 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 Hot Wheels. Oh so yeah, funny. that was so funny. The that goddamn little amazing. Well, not not just the chasing, but the carrying case he has of all the the different vehicles they can use. I thought that was so great. I think that's like every kid's dream that had a Hot Wheels. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The. Uh, the the rally case, I think it was, was yeah. called, but yeah, uh, yeah. and so Luis fucking... picks the most decked yes. out <laughs> Hyundai Veloster. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. I love the movie. That my final thoughts on it are I liked it way more than I expected to. I'm really happy that we went forward with it. I'm really happy they didn't listen to people like me. But after the first one, because uh, this one was really, really effective and I loved it. Yeah, I I absolutely loved this movie. Um, it's definitely up there for me as far as Marvel movies go, standalone Marvel movies. Um, and this is one of the rare occasions where the second film was way better than the first. Yeah, yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I also loved it. Um, I 
you know, guys, you know how big I am on Blu-rays. I really now, I not only can't wait to have Infinity War on Blu-ray, which is in about a month, I can't wait to have this on Blu-ray as well. Um, yeah. I want them to watch, uh, like, just daisy chain one right into the other. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I thoroughly really enjoyed the movie. <clears throat> it, it definitely, I mean, it wasn't, you know, without some flaws, of course, but... Of course. I, I really, really, really had a great time watching it. Really? Really. Did you did you quantum really? <laughs> I I had a quantum good time watching it. <laughs> it was a lot of quantum fun. Oh, I think, I think oh. it's really it was really effective as a fun summer movie that tied into something that was like a huge event previously. Right. Like and it was really, really effective at, at the very end. It doesn't look like no. it doesn't look like the box office is as well as they had hoped for, but it's gonna be really good. Um I, I well those are the estimates that are out, so I'm hoping the actuals that come out I think tomorrow or Tuesday are a little higher, but I think it's gonna get good word of mouth and it'll have a, a better second weekend. Yeah. Um but yeah uh so when whenever the uh marketing for Disney and Marvel choose our podcast as a way to you know promote this movie they'll they'll use the quote Andrew Quantum enjoyed it yes <laughs> and with that end quote <laughs> with that I'm Jordan I'm Robert I'm Andrew and I'm Brian thanks for listening a... we'll be back soon Question Quantum mark <laughs> Will Quantum return? And so, we've reached the end of episode 5. Did you guys like Ant-Man and the Wasp? How did the humor play for you? Did you like the reverse heist angle? Was it better than the first? Where does it rank for you among the rest of the MCU? Let us know. We really love engaging with listeners, so if you'd like to give us your thoughts on the film, do not hesitate. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash popcanonpod. We're also on Twitter at popcanonpod. Love listening and want to subscribe so you never miss an episode? Our podcast is available on the following platforms. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Casts, Overcast, Breaker, CastBox, Radio Public, and YouTube. So please subscribe and leave a review. And if we're not on a platform that you listen to your podcasts, let us know and we will get there. We also, just this week, launched Reactor Canon on our Facebook page, where you'll get to read long-form film reviews by our very own Brian. We're so excited to publish those for you. Stay tuned for more of that. As always, you can follow us individually on social media as well. I, Robert, am on Twitter and Instagram at Yesball. Jordan is on Twitter and Instagram at Alex Shepard. Andrew is on Twitter at Flavored underscore Red and Instagram at Skeleton underscore City underscore Comics. And last we saw Brian, he was following a van on his motorcycle in downtown San Francisco. He seemed to be in hot pursuit when suddenly a massive Hello Kitty Pez dispenser was conjured out of thin air and took him down fast. We're assuming he's in the hospital still, nursing a multitude of injuries. Or maybe he was apprehended by the FBI? Who knows? San Francisco is wild. Anywho, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more content coming from us very soon. Big things planned.